Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Gail Sylvia, and thank you so much for being here today on Sylvia Global. Um, an incredible show planned for you today to introduce you to Nima. Um, Nima, help me out with Namadamu. Namadamu. Yes. Um, excuse me, Nima, I apologize for that. Nima Namadabu. She's, we are here in conversation with her. Technically, you're in Uganda right now, but you represent... Um, women around the world who have no voice. Um, you fight for the rights of indigenous people throughout the Congo, and you also fight for the rights of women with disabilities and all of those who have no voice. We had the opportunity to meet during your U.S. tour with World Pulse, and you've also been heard on Voices of America. You host a regular show on Radio Maria in Bakabu, um, the Congo, on Sunday evenings at 4 o'clock. And we're, such, we're so honored to have you here with us today, Nima. Thank you so much for being here on Sylvia Global. How are you? I'm fine. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. You know, it took us a while to, um, to make this connection, but there's something about sheer tenacity that will always bring us through, right? And, you know, the the faith and the power that we can we can make yes. things happen. Um, Happy yes. New Year to you. Uh, Nima, thank talk, you so much. Happy New Year. Um, talk to us about, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit more about who you are and your life experiences so that our audience will understand the importance of this conversation to its fullest. My name is Nema Namadamu. I'm from DRC Congo, and I work with women with disabilities and I'm activist for rights for people with disabilities and indigenous people and also those people that don't have a voice. Why is this important to you? You know, there's so many people that are experiencing, having similar life experiences, but for some reason you were able to to know that this is a part of your life calling. What happened in your life that caused that to happen? That's because of the technology. Because when I was uh, connected with Walter Paul, and it was like I was bad, but it gives me life again. And somebody, when you speak with somebody, you have feedback, you have energy, you have joy, and you are respectful, and you continue to talk and to think and to change. Tell us about your life growing up as a little girl. Oh, my life is well. I have two girls, and one is adopted. She have uh, also, I'm grandma. I have uh, uh Grandma, the, uh, my daughter adopted. She have uh, now one son. Congratulations! My he has sixteen. She's good. She's good. No problem with her. Did you say that your oldest daughter has a disability? No, she have a son. 
she has a son. Okay, that's why. Yes. Okay, you're a grandmother. You are married yes. with um, with two children, two daughters, um, one that's 15 and the other that's 28. So it's the one that's yes. tw- you have. Well, congratulations. You know, when you were, did you grow up? Uh, talk to us. I, you know, I have so many questions. I apologize if I sound like I'm stumbling. I'm just trying to get my thoughts together for where to start with you because you have such a, a powerful life story and you're doing such amazing things currently. Let's start from, you know, kind of the beginning of your life um, and give our listeners some context for the devastating war and the effects of what's happening in the Congo. Bring us, you know, talk to us about your childhood. My life, when I was born, I was born in East Congo, and I grew up like other children, but two years old, I get polio. And when he gets polio in my country, is a shame. It's like punishment from God. And everyone say, I'm lost cause. And I have my mom, she say, you know, my daughter, she's not lost cause. And mom, she say, she's not lost cause. is must change and be good to grow. And I go grow up, I go to school. And I went to school, my mom, she was getting me on her own back to go every day for three years to go to school, gone and back. And after that, I get my uncle bring me in a town where I can go to school, no big problem. And in my town, no road, no car, no access to education for children with disabilities. Is why I get this vision to tell other people about people with disability, about neglected people, about those people who don't have a voice. They must, other people have somehow help and when you talk, when you you do your issues, you can get help. Is why I say with this technology, with this voice, I that other people can help me. I can get support, and other people can have energy to talk and stand up. It's not disability. Is not issues for us. Is only mark. Is why you can must to stand up to work. We are not. Victim, but we are also contributing in society. So, Nima, it was the it was the the sound of your mother's voice, privately and publicly, that empowered you to know that you have worth. My mom, when she was yes, and she did. I understand you clearly to say that she carried you for three years on her back. Um, back and yeah. forth to school? Yes. So you had no wheelchair access or crutches <laughs> at that point? You nothing, were... nothing, my my sister. You can't imagine. That is not easy to talk. When I remember that, and sometimes it's miracle. It's like my life is a miracle still today because I have those, my mother who helped me to go to school, to have access to education, is why today I talk with you. And is why I have energy to tell other people, help those people with disability, not to be victims, but to contribute to do development, to contribute to this world. We have one global, one idea, one solution. Have you found that since you were a little girl that society's opinion and regard towards um, people with physical or outward limitations 
um, has changed or does it seem to prevail even today? The even same today, as- oh my sister, I tell you, today children with a disability in my country, we put in room clothes, doesn't have access to education, to school, to go to school, nothing for them. I get programmed for all the books. Sorry. <laughs> I get program in my user program, Mobility International US. Today I have also <laughs> invitation, but no one who can have access, who talk, who write English or French. And we are stopped. It's like obstacle for us. So, so are most of? Do you need some water? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You can stop it. I can drink some water. Absolutely. I'm here for you. (coughs) 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 Oh, my God. Thank you so much, my sister. I'm back. Okay. Take your time. I I want to really... I'm trying to have you help me understand so I can really clearly have an appreciation for um, why this is important and what we can do and how we're all connected in supporting one another and how technology also aids us in that connection and that support. So even today, people with disabilities are basically confined to their homes with Unlimited or no access to education or a place to be um, to have their rights advocated. Exactly, you are right. And is the societal mindset toward people with disability that they um, therefore their lives do not count and they have no value? Yes, no value. Still today in my country, children with a disability, no statistics. Nothing, and sometimes UNICEF, organization, education organization, they come, many NGOs come, and no one who thinks, who talk about children with disabilities, that is the number one. And other people, when I I, I working with women with disabilities, there is the place doesn't have access to toilets. They, they are with disabilities. No access to anything, and that. We are not considered like people. We are like some, it's not like dog. The dog gives people security, but we are, we are nothing. So when you do your radio show and you are out up in the world advocating for those who have no voice, the indigenous people, women, and people with disabilities in general, what is it that you're seeking or hoping that this support will come in the form of? How would this come like you? You're listening to me. You give us support. Like you, like other people who are listening to us, who have hearts for to help human beings. It's my desire to see um, people engage with others and realize that we have so much in common beyond the appearance, the outward appearances, and that the yes. dignity that's 
instilled in someone else is a reflection of our own dignity and love for ourselves and the power and the value um, and the worth yes. of other people. Yes. Uh, so when you were growing up, how how were you able to overcome the taunting and the, the discouraging um, experiences that were around you? Around me when I would see those things, and for for example, our neighbors was talking about mom, and when I get polio, my father rejected my mom. Have another wife, and all those things was something who was hit me in my heart. <laughs> Sorry, my sister. Mm-hmm. <coughs> And both things, I would see that I was, you know, I guess I was young, but it was hurt me in my, my heart when I see my mom rejected and other people say, because she doesn't have other children, is why she's keeping trying to help her, but she's not children. So you don't, do you have brothers and sisters, or did you say you do not have any brothers or sisters? Yes, I have. After myself, when my mama was rejected, and after that, my dad was have another woman. Okay. And then my mom also gets chance have other. My I have a brother. I have one sister. Okay. So tell us. You know, you you had an opportunity for advanced education because of your mother's deep love and support. And then with yes. that education, how did you connect with World Pulse? Talk to us about who and what World Pulse is and that the importance of that connection. She's, I have one friend. She lives in Uvira. She's my cousin. She was traveling to Bujumbura, is another country, neighbors. She come with address, many addresses. And she says, oh, Nema, have those addresses. You can chat, you can read, you can... Maybe if you send later, you can answer yourself. And when I send, and this woman said, oh, let me give you another organization, the women organization, he can help you, is this voice. You are women with disabilities. They say yes. When he gives me, I meet one woman who works world post, name is Jade, and she gives me back, feedback, and say, oh, my gosh. And I told them, I'm a woman with disabilities. They say, no, it doesn't matter. We continue to exchange, and it was very nice to me. And I get other people around the world who say, "Oh, me also. I live with disability. I do those things." And it was new world for me. And now I live in New Congo in my mind. So, how do you use World Pulse to advance the message that's important for the world to hear and see? I write the, my many article in World Post and the old publish that around the world. You know, the power of World Post is requires access to um, technology and the yes. internet, just as we're doing right now with this conversation. Uh, in exactly. order, for, in order for you to have that access, you know, I'm on. You know, I'm under the impression you have to travel by bus about six hours. Correct. Yes. And how often do you submit to World Pulse? 
what? 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 Your question? Yeah. How often do you write and submit articles and provide information to World Pulse? And what I pay, I do that in my country. I send article through internet. I go by. I have my modem. Yeah. And uh, I send myself uh, through my territories where I live in Bukavu. So worldpost.com is the the address for uh, more information about the incredible citizen journalists around the world in over 190 countries. Um, women yes. who otherwise would not be able to connect um, are able to. Uh, when we, we met in New York, you were on a World Pulse tour. That was your first yes. time outside of the country, um, correct? Exactly. Yeah, the, yes. off the continent. Um, how was that experience and what did it include? It was fantastic. I guess, man, for the What was the highlight of it? What were some of the highlights? Uh, oh. You say what? what? What were some of the highlights of that um, trip? Oh. I think everything was new, and every day I have a new experience, a new friend, and it was expanding in my head. All world was become my family. And I would say, oh, that was a fantastic for me. That is big and big experience to me. <laughs> All the world will become your family. Yes. Since that World Pulse tour, which allowed you to speak to different audiences, to go to the UN, you were on national television here, you know, sharing the messages about the needs of women in the Congo. Um, yes. You also started a Change.org you know, petition. Talk to us about the significance of that Change.org uh, petition. That is amazing. I don't know technology well, but it's phenomenal. I tell you, is uh, uh, now I have uh, one thousand, one hundred thousand, and yeah. uh, three thousand, and many. I think now um, it grow up every day. Uh, the number I don't know good now, but it's many, many more. 100,000 people. But specifically, you started that um, petition because you needed to see the world rally around change that's needed for women in the Congo and the violence that's directed toward women and the violence. Can you talk to us about change.org and why this is this support is essential? You know, because there's been 16 years of, you know, of of bloodshed and rape uh, and tragedy associated with, you know, women and girls in in the Congo, you know, people fueling over those mineral rights and other resources, but completely doing it without any regard for the human sacrifices that are being, um, in, you know, encountered. Yes. Yes, you are right. Talk, talk. Is that, that, Go ahead. Okay. Is uh, when I you talk about those things, how war is <laughs> not six, maybe twenty years. <clears throat> Begin nine nine four till today. People, <coughs> sorry, my sister. 
We're going to give um, Nima an opportunity to reconnect with us. Uh, in the meantime, while we're waiting for that reconnection, I'm going to bring Annette Ross on. Annette, are you here? I'm here, Gail. Hi. You know, <laughs> what what do you think of the conversation so far with it, with Nima? Um, it is actually very. I'm very engaged and interested. And as you know, being someone who comes. Um, I have a disability myself and have a lot of questions for her about access, wheelchairs. Obviously, you know, she was saying about the struggles of people getting education there, but I'm wondering just even how their basic medical care is. A lot of questions for her about what's happening. And I'm also curious how she's working toward, you know, some of those stereotypes against the people there with disabilities, how they're sort of shut in, put away, not a part, I think, of the community and and regular living, which is so vital and what makes us vital. Um, so I'm really I'm riveted by the conversation and inspired by her motivation and what she's trying to do right now, which I think requires a lot. And I'm curious how she um, sort of keeps that going. Yes. Stand by and let me reconnect with her, okay? Just Absolutely. Second. Thank you for your um, patience. Thank you. I'm here. Oh, you're here? Okay. Yeah. Right. Hi. Okay, Nima. Um, we yeah. also have a, a listener on named Annette Ross. Annette is in Connecticut. And, you know, before I um, have Annette start asking you some of her questions, I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, you know, to talk to us about the change.org. Um, petition and why it's important for the U.S. in particular to participate and others around the world to sign your petition in order to stop this bloodshed in your country and for the U.S. to appoint a, an official envoy to the Congo. Yeah, we are asking space for children, for women, for mother, for nation. It's not only to make little noise, you know. We ask peace and really peace, and because other people enjoy our rights, mm -hmm. our heritage, like those minerals you say, all those things, and because the people they are big fighting, kill, rap, all those things, we have the territories, and we can't enjoy our rights, our heritage, our nation. We are mother, and that. Is why we stand up and we do this petition for to ask in peace. And the U.S., they can help us to push to make decisions. They are ma making decision makers. This world, I think, we don't have to. This global, we have U.S. is make a decision. Is why I do those petition for us peace. How many signatures are required in order to submit this, and who exactly will you submit it to? To First Lady Michelle Obama, to Rice Susan, Susan to Hillary Clinton, yes, yes, the ambassador, to Clinton, mm -hmm. Valerie Jones. Have you had any contact with them or their offices yet? Not yet. We need to come back and have another conversation with representatives for them, or okay. at the very best, get them on the conversation with you. 
So how oh, many signatures how many signatures are needed in order to have impact? I don't know, maybe one million. And right now you're at a hundred thousand. Yes. Okay. And so we'll you can go to change dot org and you'll find a petition there that you can sign on behalf of the Dominican the D- Democratic Republic of Congo and sign it and that will make a difference. You know, the organization that you're sponsoring that petition through you call yourself um Maman Shuha how do you know Mama Shuja Mama Shuja in Swahili yes. it means hero woman. Yes. Okay. And this this approach has been used to um affect envoys going to other countries as well when there's been tremendous um violence. Um Sudan, exactly. Burma, North Korea, etc. you know, and, and now the Congo needs to be one of those countries that receives this type of support. Exactly. Uh, um Annette is on um Annette, thank you so much for standing by. I know that you have quite a few questions you'd like to ask Nema. Um go ahead, she's here and you've got her full attention. Hi Nema, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, one of the first things I wanted to ask you just was about the petition because we're sort of on that that subject. If you get to a million people signing the petition, is that sort of just a statement showing that the this many people they they care, they want change? Is that what it is? Just it's just a numbers game, sort of, to get the support behind it. You need enough people to show that they care. I think so. You cannot take time writing, you say talk or do influential pushing, and you don't have heart to change things to help people. Say that again, Nima. I say I think so is exactly that she say. I bet she say if many people like one million sign and that he gets attention for other people say okay we must change things and stop the rap in Congo. I said yes, exactly. Because if you have one million or two people who can push for make a decision, change, and stand up and say, "We are with you," and that we can have, how we can do for change, and we can go to negotiate, to go to table to talk about peace, and we need peace. Why other people can enjoy our rights? So right now, Nima, is there no negotiating going on? Is there, but you can invite myself or other women. The women in our country are subject. Is there nothing? How you go to table to do a negotiation if you don't present nothing? Because then they go to, to share big cake, the position. I want to be minister for financial. I want to be minister for security. I want to be general. And women, we are nothing. We don't have access to education so or nothing. How we can get to go to negotiation? Nima, in November of 2012, this is just a couple of months ago, uh, rebel militias seized that large, the large town of Goma, threatening to ignite, you know, more bloodshed. Um, you know, it's my understanding that the UN, you know, it's crude, it's very crude, but they've referred to the DRC Congo as the rape capital of the world. Uh, 
And this yeah. is, is this what triggered the change.org petition um, that that you have circulating now? This recent activity or a culmination of activities so horrific over the last 16 to 20 years? Yes. Culmination for 20 years. It's not only 60, maybe 20 years for those things. It's not only this activity in November. It's nothing. It's to show world they're now beginning to see. But our challenging, our issues become business for people, for the UN, for all of those things, the government, chief, or all those things. And so the way it's set up right now, Nima, um, there's no defense for women. There's no um, police force. There's no, obviously they have no voice. And if they're injured violently or they're raped, I mean, it just, it's its not important. No. Is that the way it is? Yes. <laughs> you can't imagine, my sister, how it's challenging, how things is horrible. And no, I can't imagine. Can I'm well. really trying to, to, under, to, to, to get the picture, and I'm so glad you're explaining that. Yes, so I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, I say that you can't imagine how the situation is to women in the ROC Congo. You don't know to to read you. You can't talk and other people take decision about you, about your body, about everything. And when you talk about rape, you say, the women are there for that. And you can't, no one who can listening to you, no one who can take attention to you. That is horrible. And no one is because I have a native to talk because I do to the US tour. I have this opportunity to talk, and many people was coming to me, listening where I was talking my stories. I was see it's important, but I talk maybe more twenty years. One who can listening to me, no one who can give me feedback. And now, is you can't imagine my sister is not to talk about that. We can do maybe one year we talk about those things. So Nima, how have you used how have you been in dialogue with women who have come through similar fires? You know, the women of Liberia um you know get a lot of national uh, international uh, recognition for their uprising um to the point of, you know, the president um now being a, a female again. Um are you in contact with the women of Liberia and other nations? Yes, yes, okay. yes. One, one signed my petition and put commentary is big, is our hero. And she's, she's our mother. She show us how we can talk. Is that i beginning to talk with them and dialogue with them and also to bring some women from the RC to go to Liberia to talk, to have inspiration so they are a part of your strategic dialogue toward change yes exactly what about women in other countries um you know i know on whirlpool's tour you're you know there are other sisters there um from you know syria and india that joined you um have you connected with women in other parts of the world to be a part of your strategic change um your Strategic 
Yes, we are together. We are together with my neighborhood sisters, global sisters. I have my community, global community, and we are together. What what do you what support are you missing? I'm missing. Uh, I have all support, but I'm missing to be in a place where you can take decision, to be to be invited to take decision to table places they make a decision and they are. We are missing those places. To actually be at the table. Yes. Um, to talk Nino. about other people who talk about you, who make decisions about you, who take time you can eat or if you don't eat, who can give you medicine or not. The other people who think about you. But we want to think about ourselves, our life, our nation. And it's to take our essence. It's our essence also. It's not for people who take all positions. Um, and that, you had another question? Um, okay, I was sort ahead. of asking. Nima, can you hear me okay? Yes, I hear you. Oh, good. Um, so when you're saying make a decision, you're talking about having your own personal autonomy to make your own decisions. Is that what you were saying? No, I say I talk about have, have my right to have a respectful justice, not to be discriminated in society. Okay, to have I, a consideration okay. of respectful. And when they have like talking about negotiation about this, we can invite us to take place to give decision also. We can yeah, continue okay. to have this. Yes. Um, so you ha- so you have your voice. That's what you're saying. To be invited to the table, to be a part of the decision making. Yeah, is that I miss? Nima, I know that our time is running short. I want to give Annette an opportunity to ask some questions regarding um, not only to continue to discuss the rights of women around this petition and getting your place at the table of decision-making, but also, Annette, um, you want an opportunity to talk to her about, you know, women with disabilities and your own experience. Yes, Nima, I oh, wanted to ask is, you. <laughs> I wanted to ask big. you. Um, that is that's my heart. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. I like hearing that. That's my heart. <laughs> Tell well, me why that's important to you, um, Annette. Oh, Nima, I don't know if you know this about me, but a thir- I just had my anniversary. Actually, 13 years ago, I was hurt with a spinal cord injury, and I'm I'm in a wheelchair. So I I do understand, you know, from a Western perspective, um, issues like access and stereotypes, and you know what it is like from. Um, well, I was walking for a long time, and, and now I'm not. So certainly, that's, that's a very big, a very big life change, big perception. A lot of labels are put on you, um, and that's even here. I can't even imagine there. Um, I wanted to ask you. You were talking about education, and the incredible thing that your mom did. And I, bravo to moms. They just wow. Their love yeah. knows no bounds. <laughs> um, what is it like for just basic medical care for people with disabilities? What is it like? Do they have wheelchairs? I mean, what is what is the medical situation like for them? My sister, we can't finish today, but it's a horrible <laughs> situation. And uh, that no chairs, they go like 
No crutches. I I get crutches when I was in seven two seventeen. I was in um, South Africa. I was already finishing my college to degree, and I work with Minister for Family and Gender in Kinshasa, my capital country. I was doing by by stick all my life. My crutches I have is my first crutches I have, and now wheelchair I have is when I get from workbox too. Is that I now I I try to learn how driving that is my limousine. I give the name a limousine. That's your limousine. Yes. That's yes. The, the the things that we take for granted here in the United States, you know. Um, so then, basically, the people that are like I think Gail said it earlier, they're basically housebound. Is that correct? Yes. Walk uh, like. Uh, Animals that like to fall your legs <laughs> with hands. Sort of dragging themselves or whatever, whatever way they can get around. Yes, yes, yes. And you can't imagine how much in mud, no toilets, no water, nothing. You can't imagine. Sometimes when I I'm go work with them and when they meet me or sometimes I go to, we meet, we do meetings. We cry, 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 and say, no, we stop crying. I'm not there. Now we go up and we talk about our challenges. Maybe we can find somebody who can help us to move in from this situation to be the best situation. We can move with crutches or uh, chairs or something or cars. Why not? Nima, help me understand this, um, please. You know, every day in life we no matter what our circumstances may be, no matter where our place is in the world, you know, there's something that, you know, we may think that we're not strong enough to do or that we are insufficiently equipped to do. Um, There's such incredible inspiration from you and just hearing your voice and your message, and that is we all have the ability to do something no matter what um, our perceived limitations might be, how do you, where's your source of inspiration and faith to not only go on day to day, but to actually rally millions of women, you know, and entire communities to keep moving forward in the face of such, you know, personal and public um, devastation to the rest of the world? I don't know, but it's my challenging who gives me my powerful. Mm. Yeah, and also love from my mom. How is your mom no, today? My mom, she passed away now in February. She has two years. Mm. But her spirit still, you can still hear her spirit in your ear exactly. and in your she heart. With me. Mm-hmm. With me, yeah. So it, in, in closing, what advice would you give to... Uh, listeners around the world who need to, you know, be empowered to keep moving forward toward the change that they need to see in their own lives and in their own countries. We need to have love. Nothing is above love. If you love, and nothing you can pay for to have love. If you love, you can't have a conditional. Some sometimes when you have a business. They have a contract, you have, oh, give me this, we do that, we change, we do the scenario, but with love, we can have, it's the only one 
and you have one globe, why different? And you have only one globe. Is that I say together we can have miracle solution. Nima Namadabu, yeah. thank you so much for being here with us today on Sylvia Global. Um, I, thank you. Don't hang up. I want you to stay on. Annette, thank you again for calling in and participating in the conversation. Thank you, Nima. Nima there's a photo on the change.org petition, a beautiful, beautiful photo capturing you, and it looks like hundreds of thousands of beautiful women surrounding you. Yes. Um, talk yes. to, uh, before, you know, I, I I really need to make sure I give you a chance to tell us something about that photograph before we go off the air. Oh, the photograph is my photo from my village where I born, calling Minembwe. I was going to uh, Minembwe conference to speak about EHIV, HIV for women, how we can send up to say stop, no rape. No, again, because women there, no hospital, no medicine. And I was there, to, I was invited to this conference to talk about that, is that I was there. It's a powerful photograph. Nima Namudabu, thank you so much for joining us um, today from the DRC Congo. And we look forward to not only having you back as a guest, but having you back as a host um, here on Sylvia Global. Thank you Thank so you. much. Have a good afternoon. Stay um don't hang up, Nemo, okay? Thank you. Thanks, Annette. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs>